Most store owners think of returns, refunds, and exchanges as a necessary evil, but it doesn't have to be that way. If done well, they could be a huge conversion trigger for your customers. Did you know that 91% of shoppers say they consider a store's return policy before placing an order? That's kind of crazy. So why do you hate it? Because it's a time-consuming pain, right? Plus, they're a potential customer service nightmare. Well, not anymore. Bold makes a great app for managing the entire returns process. It's called the Bold Returns Manager, and it gives your customers a portal where they can submit returns, track them through the process, and it gives you a portal where you can review, approve, decline, and manage everything about them. You create all your policies that you want to allow, whether it's returns or exchanges, credits, whatever, and then apply it to what product should have that policy, and you're set. It's got a great backend for managing all the returns, making notes in them, and statuses that automatically keep your customers updated along the way. So stores are always trying to find better ways to compete, more than just on price. And a solid return policy and a smooth way to implement it is a great alternative to competing on price. Especially if you're in fashion and apparel, you know returns are such a big factor. So the Bold Returns Manager app has thought of everything, and if you're ready to take your returns to the next level, you need to try it. You can try it out for free for two months by heading to ethercycle.com bold. That's ethercycle.com bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You know the benefit of SEO. The higher you rank in search engines, the more visitors your store will have. And more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do that? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines. And it's trusted by thousands of Shopify stores. It leads the market in both innovation and usability. And it's no wonder. SEO Manager adds an entire suite of tools to help attract new customers by fully optimizing your store. So here's a few of my favorites. It scans your site for SEO issues, offers keyword suggestions, adds structured data support, analyzes missing pages and redirects, and it even integrates with Kit, Shopify's personal marketing assistant. And that's not all. It does a whole bunch of more stuff. All of these things will help you to be easily found in Google and other search engines. And best of all, it's easy to get started. You can launch SEO Manager on your store in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Plus, as a special offer to our listeners, you can get SEO Manager right now for 10% off forever. Sign up at seomanager.com slash unofficial. That's seomanager.com slash unofficial. Recording from EtherCycle headquarters outside Chicago, this is the unofficial Shopify podcast, and I'm your host, Kurt Elster. And today, we're talking about Amazon and Shopify and their apparent apparent love, as it is hard to talk about e-commerce now without Amazon coming up. Um, Shopify has, has cemented itself as this tremendously great platform, and now the two integrate really well. And over the as a result, uh, over the last 18 months, uh, I've seen seen an interesting thing happen. We have helped quite a few successful Amazon sellers either migrate onto Shopify or uh, help them grow a, a store, scale a store, polish up a store that they had put onto uh, Shopify. But really, their primary business started with Amazon, and it goes the other way too. Where as a sh- if you have an existing Shopify store, certainly you should consider adding Amazon as a sales channel to reach more people. Um, and you can also use Amazon to fulfill your orders, which is very cool. So I wanted to talk today 
uh, to a guest who is both a, a successful Amazon seller and a, a successful Shopify merchant and a former Amazon FBA consultant. He's Noah Deligio, and he sold his first product on Amazon in April 2016, yet so that's not that long ago. In 2017, he did over half a million dollars on Amazon. Absolutely wild um, and very quick, you know, uh, 18 months to just get to just tremendous success with Amazon. Um, so I thought he and we helped uh, in Q4 last year, we helped him um, scale up and, and grow his Shopify store, which converts uh, like three to four percent. So certainly the success can translate from Amazon to Shopify and vice versa. So I thought he would be an excellent guest to talk us through what that's like. So Noah, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Kurt. Glad All to right. Be here. So the the f- first thing I want to get out of the way is that you want to <laughs> keep the name of your business, store name, website, product info, it's all of it private. Yes, this right. is uh, kind of a weird Amazon seller thing. Um, most of us, more pretty much everyone, high level, low level sellers, uh, kind of try to keep that private just because competition is uh, pretty heavy on Amazon. So it's not uncommon for people to sort of rip off a product. So that's the reason why I apologize for not being uh, able to share more. But you could share with us, you're happy to share with us revenue numbers and your own experience. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. I, and I can tell you, so I operate in the pet space, pet supplies. Um, so if that helps, <laughs> that's my category. And I think um, yeah, we've helped some other people who are in uh, pet supplies. It is a great category to be in because yeah. everyone loves their fur baby. It is their, <laughs> you know, it becomes like your children and people will certainly spend money on, on their children and their pets. Um, so it is a... It's always a good space to be in, and it's fun. You know, you've, yeah. you're helping. Who doesn't like helping animals, right? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> always been a dog lover, so you know, perfect space for me. Yeah, you want to do something, something you love that you relate to, where you can be your own customer. It's certainly helpful. Uh, okay, yeah. so a high level. When we say, like, I see people will say Amazon, and then they'll say Amazon FBA. What the heck is that? Yeah. So just kind of a quick rundown on on FBA. Um, you know, I think it came around, I shouldn't guess, it was, it was several years ago, Amazon introduced basically the, the prime selling and FBA and that being FBA being um, fulfilled by Amazon. And basically, it's just a system that they've put in place where they sort of take over a lot of the day to day operations of e-commerce. So they'll store your product at their uh, warehouses, they'll pack your orders, they'll ship your orders, they'll handle your returns. Um, and they'll do a lot of the customer service as well. So they really take a lot off of your plate as a uh, e-commerce business owner. And that's another reason why it's, it's so good for people that are new to e-commerce because it really limits, you know, how, how much knowledge you need to get started. And of course, like being Amazon, I assume this, as long as I could provide them the product, this just scales readily. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's kind of what has happened with mine. You know, this, my business was intentionally or, or originally was supposed to be sort of a side product or project um, while well, I was still working and it scaled so fast that I pretty quickly left my job and I left my job after four months of starting on Amazon, um, and went full time with that. And it's been growing ever since. So how, like I still, I have never, I have implemented FBA in a Shopify store. It's super easy. Um, yeah. but I'm not familiar with the actual like logistics of it. So how does it work? I take my product and I mail it to Amazon. Yeah, essentially. So 
there's a couple different routes. So you'll, if you're doing a private label label product, meaning you know you created a product, a brand, it's your own sort of creation. Um, assuming you have it made in China, you'll have it have production over there and then have it shipped over either directly to the Amazon fulfillment centers or to yourself, and then you can ship it to the uh, fulfillment centers. But you're basically sending product in in bulk to Amazon. Um, you'll usually send your product to three different warehouses around the country. And then once it gets to those three uh, warehouses, they will break it up even further so that you have product basically all over the country, um, which is how they can do that two-day shipping so effectively. So I've got um, – okay. So I get my product. I mail it to them. What kind of requirements do they have? As far as what you can send in or – Like how does it ha- – is there a particular way it has to be packaged and labeled? Oh, Sure. Yeah, so there's some specifics with that. Basically, the Amazon has their own proprietary barcodes. It's called an FNSKU, and it looks just like a regular barcode you'd see on anything. Um, and so basically, you need to make sure that every single one of your units that you're selling individually has that FNSKU on it, um, and it corresponds with whatever the product is. You know, if you sell a large uh, basketball or something, you know, you just put the corresponding barcode on there. Um, that way they can scan it in and also scan it when it's going out. Okay, so if um, – all right, so I send my product to them. They will handle shipping it. And this – will the, if I list my – this is how I get my product listed on Amazon as shipping Amazon Prime, correct? Yes, yeah. So I believe they've introduced uh, Seller Fulfilled Prime, I think it was this year. So that's another way of being able to get that Prime badge um, on your listings. But I, I don't do um, seller-fulfilled goods. I don't really see a big advantage of that um, just because Amazon is so good at, you know, fulfillment and logistics. There's, I don't see a reason to compete with Amazon, on, at least on that level. And what does this cost to do? Um, so it kind of varies. You know, they'll take, obviously, a fee for uh, shipping and then packing and everything. And it's all kind of rolled into a number that generally for my products, it's somewhere between 20 and 40% of the, uh, retail cost that they would take. Oh my gosh. So that covers like, that covers storing it. This co- does this cover their, their fee for selling it on the marketplace on Amazon? Yeah. Yeah. So that number is, is everything that they'll take. So, I mean, it does sound like a lot. And I think, you know, especially hearing 40%, that's pretty scary for an e-commerce owner. Um, but you have to remember they're doing almost everything, you know. So if you're if you're just an Amazon seller, once your product is live on Amazon, there's not a whole lot left for you to do as far as day-to-day operations. I mean, I know people who literally don't work and, you know, they make a fairly comfortable living uh, because Amazon is basically doing everything for them. Well, that okay. So at that point, it sounds quite attractive. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because you said, all right, you did 2017. You do half a million dollars uh, mm-hmm. on Amazon, and they're doing, they're taking, we'll say, average 30 percent. You pocket sure. the rest, and you don't have to do anything. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. I mean, basically, you know, depending on your product. So for my product, it is a more personal thing where, you know, people, customers do want to connect with me and talk about their experience and things like that. Um, so I do have a fair amount of customer service emails coming in. Um, so, you know, that's something that takes up some of my time for Amazon. <laughs> I'm actually transitioning to uh, having my mom come on to do some of my uh, customer service emails. She's uh, getting ready to retire soon. So looking for a little something to do on the side. Um, 
but yeah, honestly, there's not a whole lot of other day-to-day operations other than, you know, maintaining inventory. And, you know, I, I do a lot of emails with uh, my contacts in China to make sure I have shipments coming in and things like that. All right. So you've got, well, once you have a product, you label it the way Amazon wants to, you send it to them, you create your listing. We won't get like, I know there's like all kinds of ways to optimize and do those listings. Um, sure. But let's say I'm, you know, before I start my, my Shopify store, I want to experiment a little bit. Right. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> my first products that I sold on Amazon were for a different category. And um, basically, it was just a product that I was interested person interested in personally. Um, and I was also kind of at the time, I was really looking for something to sell and uh, came across just, it was actually uh, just a, a different kind of product entirely. And I decided, give it a shot, you know, so I listed some of those on Amazon um, and they sort of just took off immediately. And I was actually able to leave my job from the income from those alone. That's fantastic. So yeah. So similar to like uh, we've talked about Kickstarter in the past um, and crowdfunding. Similar to that, it's a this is like a much lower risk way to validate an idea and make sh- like figure out product market fit. Make sure you've got something that will actually sell before you know you invest whole hog into building a brand and an online presence. It's just it's get the product, get it to Amazon, write a you know, photographs, write a listing, and then see what happens. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's a huge um, benefit of Amazon is that, you know, like I said, it's relatively easy to do. And yeah, the, the barriers to entry are very low on Amazon. So um, yeah, I mean, if you have a product that you're thinking about, it's a great place to test that product and, and see what the market, how the market responds. All right. Stupid question. Let's say I've already, I've, I'm excited about it. I've got my product made and I say, all right, let's test this on Amazon. What is step one? Like I get, like I've got, you've laid it out where I get the idea. I just don't like, mm. what do I do as step one? Do I have to apply? Do I make an account? What do I do? Yeah. So um, it's pretty simple. You just would go to uh, Amazon and sign up to be a professional seller. Um, I think it still costs $40 a month, uh, which, you know, some people are worried they don't want to spend the $40 up front and, you know, I get, maybe you don't want to, but if you, you have don't to want to spend you... 40 bucks. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I can't help you. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of my, my view on it, too. The only reason I mention that is because, you know, I'm part of forums and on the Reddit and that sort of thing for Amazon FBA. And you see people coming all the time that are new to Amazon and they'll say, you know, can I hold off on signing up for the professional account until I get my inventory or this or that? And it's like, you know, if you're serious about this, spend the $40, get your account set up. That way you can get familiar with the system. Um and get your listings created and everything because you should have your listings created before you get your product if you can. Right. So, yeah, basically you sign up, make an account, um, and then that will allow you to start creating your listings. And like you mentioned, there's a whole lot of things you can do to optimize your listings, and, and they're all really important. Um, that would be another podcast entirely. But um, <laughs> yeah, like I want to know, but I also don't like. I know I will be going down a rabbit hole if I get yeah. into it. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like it, I know it's very it's search engine optimization. It's like Amazon has millions of products, millions of customers, essentially, and they're a single search input. So you're really you're doing SEO, and then you're doing um, conversion rate optimization with like essentially through copywriting. Mm-hmm. Once they're on the product page, right? Essentially, yeah, yeah. That's that's the main thing. Copywriting um, your photos. I mean, if I could say one thing, photos sh- should be 
you know, top notch. That's really important because that's how Amazon, when you type anything in, people look at those photos first. So that's yeah, really and, important. And I think that's true of, of anything. Um, sure. But yeah, we certainly, I mean, I, I see people with, one of the things I like about Amazon is they have requirements. It's like your photos have to be this format. They have to be of like reasonable quality. They need to be on white and it keeps everything super consistent. And that's one yeah, of the. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And then like that way, I love when we work with an Amazon seller because it's like, okay, I got to migrate this stuff from Amazon, but mm -hmm. it, you know, it's going to be a lot of, it's copying and pasting for somebody. Um, hopefully not me. <laughs> that's uh, right. But when you do it, it's like, oh my gosh, everything comes out consistent. And that really adds a lot of professionalism to, yeah. to the site and the store. Um, okay. So the pros there, if I want to, uh, I want to start on Amazon or add it as a channel either way, the pros there mm -hmm. is like, I get immediate access to their millions of customers as long as I pop up in searches. I've got – I'm not dealing – I'm dealing 0% with fulfillment issues and I've got – and they take over a lot of the customer service stuff. They do, yeah. The cons, of course, are the fees. Amazon's taking 20 to 40%. But, I mean, they have entirely eliminated my overhead, which is awesome. So right. 20 to 40% sounds like a lot, but when you look at what <laughs> you're getting, it's not terrible. Um, they're wildly reducing your risk, but there's a couple, yes. there, there are some serious cons here. Number the one we run into all the time is you don't own your customer data. Yeah. That's a huge one. So that's like when I have a successful Amazon seller goes, Kurt, I want to like get on Shopify or grow my Shopify store. It's because you don't have that with Amazon. You don't have access to your customer's email addresses. There's no newsletter. Um, and that like, so then you can't run ads against it. That's tough. It's really it, it's quite limiting if you're trying to scale like via customer lifetime value. Um, yeah, yeah, and that and that's a big reason why I decided that I needed to expand to Shopify um, because you know you put yourself in a kind of a precarious position when you have even if you know in my case I have a, a pretty high amount of revenue coming in, but it's all coming in from this one source and. You know, I, I don't really own my business on Amazon, in my opinion, at least, um, because Amazon controls all the customer data and really controls my listings. Um, you know, it controls quite a bit of my business. So it, it's important to expand, I think. And the, the big fear with Amazon sellers that we've heard uh, we've heard several times is, well, yeah, Amazon owns my business. If I like there's some policy violation, you know, and we have we've all heard horror stories. <laughs> oh, my, my Amazon business gets shut down. So I've got – really, I have this very, this single point of failure for 100% of my income. Exactly. Yeah. And that's uh, – I mean, some people may not be concerned with that. Um, uh, I guess maybe I worry a little more, more than others. But, you know, that's that's a huge concern for me in my business. No, it should be. Yeah. I, it, it's a real concern uh, for sure. Uh, <clears throat> okay. And then the other – the last issue is the competition. You, uh, you know, we, we opened with, you've got this note saying, listen, I want to keep all this stuff private and, <laughs> you know, I'll tell you everything else I know, but I can't tell you what I'm doing. And I, I get it because I've seen, I've had other uh, people sell their stuff on Amazon and then it, it gets knocked off. And it's a little like to a crazy degree where I have recognized, well, last week's episode was, um, or should be, depending on how I schedule this, was Andy Bedell for Keysmart. And he was saying, oh, we got to shut people down. Like we hired a firm. And they send out like cease and desist notice and they force our patent. And it's because like literally on Amazon, I'll get, it will suggest to me 
their product Keysmart and I'll go look at the listings and oftentimes it's not even the real one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it's so pretty talk bad. to me about that, like that Amazon competition and that fear of that. Cause it, I've seen it. It is real. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very real. Um, and I think any Amazon seller has experienced it <clears throat> and, you know, I mean, there's just so many people operating on Amazon. And part of this is that the barriers to entry are so low. And so, you know, when we were talking about that as a pro, it's great because anyone basically with a few thousand dollars might be able to bring a new product to market, test the market, et cetera. Um, but on the other hand, you know, everyone else can do that as well. So it's fairly easy to, you know, get ripped off and it's very, very competitive. Um, so yeah, again, why I prefer to keep some of my, uh, specifics private. Sure. And the, yeah. um, yeah, we've, I've, certainly heard that before um, where people say like, oh, I'd, I'd rather not say what I do for fear that if someone catches right. wind that it's successful, they'll just go knock it off because it is easy yeah. for them and it reduces their risk even further. Like why bother with an original idea? Um, sure, sure. And so like we've seen that with um, my business partner bought a laptop bag off Amazon. It's a nice, mm-hmm. it's a nice laptop bag. And in the category, like the top 10 Eight of the eight of the top ten were the same damn bag with like different brand names and different prices. Yeah, yeah, it's not uncommon at all. And and you know it's interesting too. Actually, so I've seen I was doing a search on Alibaba the other day, um, just which is a wholesale website based out of China. I'm sure most people know about it. Um, but so I was looking and I was typing for a similar product to mine, and I actually found my own product photos on Alibaba listed by a Chinese uh, manufacturer. And so you can see that, you know, other Americans or whoever is is probably getting on Alibaba, seeing my exact same product and saying, oh, this one looks pretty good. You know, I can see the basic, some simple sales data and, you know, I'll rip this off real quick and start a business. So So um, it's that competitive. So in theory, like they could then, if I see a successful product in Amazon, I like, I could go Mm -hmm. on Alibaba, try to find it. In some cases, no, for sure it's the same thing because I find the literal photos. Then I yeah. can place, like, if I place a large enough order with the manufacturer, they'll make my, they'll make me the same thing with my own brand embroidered on the label. Exactly. Yeah, and, and it's happened to me already. You know, I have, I have lots of competitors. When I started this, um, I, I had virtually no competition, and that was part of why I was so excited about my product. Um, it's very rare to find a product that has almost no competition on Amazon. Um, but you know, in it, it's been a little over a year now that I've been selling in the pet space and, you know, I have dozens of competitors selling almost identical products to mine at this point. And what, now the advantage though you get is you have first, first mover advantage. So you've got all these, uh, you've got these, all these reviews and you're going to pop up first is like, you're always going to be higher up in the category because you have the historic sales data. Um, so that certainly lends some credibility to it, but it's annoying. What do you do? What do you do to fight it? Um, basically I just try to add new products. I, uh, I really go, I go hard on customer service. So, um, a a lot of my competitors seem to be, um, non-Americans and possibly, you know, there's a, there's a lot of speculation that there's a bunch of Chinese sellers that are kind of flooding the Amazon market lately. Um, so the benefit of that is that a lot of their listings, the copywriting doesn't come across, um, quite as well as mine does just, you know, language barrier there. So, um, I try to focus on just making my listing the best one there. Um, my reviews are generally higher than the rest of them because my customer service, um, 
you know, just doing the little things that I can control um, and kind of not worrying about all the new competitors that are coming. You know, it's it's pretty often it's you know, it seems like at least once a month, there's at least somebody new selling basically the same thing. Um, so I work really hard to keep my my star rating high, which is very important on Amazon. My reviews, um, for the most part, are, are very good. So that's generally what you can do. So you don't you don't try to get them taken down. You just say, all right, it's going to happen. That validates what I'm doing, and I'm going to just be be the best I can be. Yeah, yeah, that's my stance at least. Um, and, and I don't think Amazon will take competitors down because I don't have a patent on my product. Um, so as far as I understand, there's no crime or anything being committed here. Um, this is just sort of me operating in the Amazon marketplace. And, and you know, to be honest, I knew it was very competitive going into it. Um, even back in early 2016, it was already very competitive. So um, I was kind of expecting this. And, and like you mentioned, I was fortunate to uh, have gotten my product to market first. So I also have, you know, hundreds more reviews than my next closest competitor. Um, so my products generally rank at the top of page one. And that's, you know, that's huge. And and I've heard that customers are very, uh, very much more inclined to, to purchase things that have a lot of reviews compared to less reviews, um, almost even more so than the star rating. I've, this is what I've heard. So um, I have a lot of reviews and I have a pretty good star rating. So that generally helps me take most of the market share. You all right. And how knowing all that hindsight's 2020, would you do it again? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so before I did Amazon, I was working in insurance in a career that I wasn't really passionate about. Um, and I've always kind of had uh, entrepreneurial tendencies, I guess. So I was just waiting for the right opportunity and kind of looking and, and Amazon came along. And it was great because, you know, like I said, it, it, the barriers to entry are low. So I happen to have a few thousand dollars extra hanging around. And, you know, I, I did a lot of research and I believed in what I was doing. So um, with, you know, maybe a $2,000 investment, I was able to leave my job and now, you know, make a better living than I was before. That's phenomenal. What, yeah. Yeah, that, like that is, that's the dream. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing that it's happened to me. So <laughs> I, I, congratulations. I <laughs> Thank uh, you. What, uh, how long into Amazon did you decide to start a Shopify store? Um, so I knew I needed to pretty early on, um, or I wanted to at least, uh, just from, you know, seeing this bottleneck in my income or not really bottleneck, but, you know, it was a single point of income. Um, so I, I started, I think I opened my Shopify store right around this time last year. Um, and, you know, I, I really didn't know what I was doing. I was, I'd been listening to your podcast and I continued to. Um, so I was trying to implement things here and there. Um, but I, you know, I don't have a whole lot of experience uh, working with my own website and that sort of thing. So um, it was a bit slow going. But it's you know it's it's gotten better over the year and now that I'm working with you, um, you know hopefully we're going to have a pretty big 2018. So I'm excited about it. Oh yes, certainly. But <laughs> you know you said you were yourself deprecating. You're like, yeah, I didn't really know what I was doing, and I did the best I could. The site still convert was was still converting at three percent consistently. Um, mm -hmm. It didn't have it didn't have the volume um, that uh, Amazon did for you, but you also didn't. <laughs> Like you literally weren't doing any advertising on the site. It <laughs> yeah. was organic traffic. So it's essentially like, again, it's like free money. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm certainly not complaining. <laughs> it's been great. So you knew like from day one, you said, all right, like it was it was in the cards that, yeah, I'm going to – I will set up my own online store. You ended mm -hmm. up um, 
you know, set only only a few months into it, set up your your Shopify store once you had validate once you knew like okay these these are the winning products this is my winning category on Amazon, um, so you would and you you now run them concurrently. So your advice would be do both. Yes, yeah. I mean, to me, I don't see any reason not to. And and even with Shopify, similarly to Amazon, I mean, I feel like the barriers to entry, entry over there are not very high either. You know, I, I'm still on the, I think it's a $30 a month plan. Um, you know, I run a couple apps that maybe cost 10 bucks or something. But, you know, if you're already running, if you're already making even a small amount of money on Amazon, I don't see any reason not to expand your reach and just show up in more places. Um, plus, you know, you own that business outright pretty much and you own your customers on Shopify. Yes. Yeah. You said you spin up the Shopify store. You now have uh, direct access to people. You're going to be building that that list. You now have mm-hmm. two uh, revenue channels in the business. So like one disappearing would suck, but not be the end of the world. It would not break you. Um, and you're going to now like with that customer data. OK, now you can do some more interesting things like sending out surveys, uh, extending customer lifetime value and using that info to build the brand. You can start offering customer support that way um, directly, which is is very cool. Um, but what's interesting about your store is you spun it up and didn't advertise it. It was <laughs> uh, looking at the the analytics data. A lot of what was going on was people saw for whatever reason saw the product. I'm assuming they saw it on Amazon, and then mm. they would Google it, find <laughs> your store, and then buy from the store. And that's not yeah. uncommon. Yeah, I mean, I, I was fortunate to have that be the situation. You know, like I said earlier, my product it's very personal to the to the buyer. Uh, you know, people like we talked about before, it, it's a product for dogs, and you know, people love their dogs as much as they love their children. So, um, you know, they want to know what this company is, who they are, what they believe in, what they're doing. Um, so I think it's not uncommon for people to see my products on Amazon and then uh, do a quick Google search. And, you know, if they see something with my my website on there, they may click over and then you see that the price is a little better on my website as well. So that's one way I try to, you know, compete with Amazon, compete with myself on Amazon. You would say um, to once you have that successful product on Amazon, certainly start the the Shopify store and the then you you own the customer data. You've got this extra channel, and what's interesting there is you've got people on Amazon. They look up your product, and if they buy from, they then go to your store. You can now retarget to them on Facebook, on Google. You've got a lot more options um, for uh, building that relationship and and making the sale. And you're not paying the giant fee to Amazon anymore. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's a great situation where I get a little bit of advertising from Amazon indirectly. Um, and then, yeah, it gives me the chance to go out and try to acquire that customer on my website. So it's a great setup to, you know, to have both Shopify and Amazon running. And like I said earlier, I just don't see any reason not to. I don't know why you would not have both going. They're both great e-commerce channels. And what's cool is if you've got once you are once you already have Amazon fulfilling your stuff and you spin up your Shopify store, you simply add in shipping you add Amazon as your fulfillment service. It is literally one click to authorize it, and then uh, you go through your your products and then you just assign. Uh, you say, okay, who fulfills this? Amazon, and then you add the the Amazon ID number, the stock ID number in there, and done. That's it. It will then. Yeah. It's really it's like largely two steps 
one to do the integration and the one for each product. Um, and then it will integrate the inventory. So you don't like a same deal. Amazon is handling all of your fulfillment, um, and inventory tracking. So like it, it makes it very easy to add as a channel. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how easy it is. Um, you know, it integrates right in and, and actually I just got married recently and I was away from my home base for about three weeks. I was in Texas at first and I went to Greece for a couple of weeks and my business didn't miss a beat. I just, you know, everything was done through Amazon. Um, it's that easy. So in the, it is, yeah, it's definitely, it's like that, that passive income entrepreneurial dream for sure. Um, so this is one of the things I don't get. If you're on, you're on Amazon, you're, they're doing FBA. Your products are shipped to Amazon Prime. If I then add my Shopify store and I have fulfillment by Amazon, is it, is, am I going to get the same crazy fast shipping? Uh, yes. So you can, there, there's different shipping options through Amazon that you can select. Um, so what you can do is you can create those shipping methods within Shopify. So then you could just add, um, you know, like say two more shipping options on your Shopify store. So currently I run free shipping um, for just standard, you know, economy shipping or whatever you want to call it. But then you can also choose expedited or priority. Um, so you can take advantage of Amazon's ability to ship two day and um, one day. And what are the, do you know what the, the costs are roughly for doing FB, Amazon, having Amazon fulfill your Shopify orders? Um, the cost, it goes up a little bit. So, so for me, a lot of my products are lightweight, so I'm able to ship first class mail, um, which is only a few dollars, um, with the postal service. And whereas with Amazon, it'll cost maybe five or $6. So, you know, assuming you have a decent margins, you're not really going to take that big of a loss. And the trade-off is that you don't really have to work. So that's always kind of nice. <laughs> for sure. Uh, okay. So going the other way, let's say I've got a successful Shopify store. You're saying absolutely list this stuff on Amazon. Yes. Yeah. I'm saying do it, do it right away. Um, with the one caveat being that because Amazon is so competitive, you'll want to make sure that, that it's going to be worth it. There are some products, um, that are just so competitive on Amazon that you just literally may not be able to, uh, compete. Like, uh, for instance, I, I launched a, like a slim wallet. Um, which I thought was a pretty cool product. It was made of cork. Uh, it was very unique. But there's so many slim wallets on Amazon that, you know, I ran PPC and I optimized my listing. I did all the things you're supposed to do. And, you know, I was just buried in like page 20. So there's a few products that I would say maybe can't can't really make it onto Amazon at this point um, without a huge marketing push. But otherwise, um, you know, if you have a product that's selling well on your Shopify store, you already know people want it. So, it's just a matter of um, launching that product on Amazon. And, and the big benefit that you have as a Shopify store owner is that you own all of your customer data already and you probably have a mailing list um, and hopefully, you know, Facebook marketing lists and stuff like that. So when you launch your new product on Amazon, I mean, just blow up your lists and, and show them, send everything directly to the Amazon link. Um, and, you know, if you start getting a good amount of sales, you'll just climb right up the listings on Amazon and, um, you know, you should be selling fine. And, and even if you just add, you know, 10 to 20 more sales a day, you know, think of what that could do for your business, depending on where you are. So, okay. This is making a lot of sense. I had, um, I, I'm still on, uh, tactical baby gears newsletter, beef Brody, who's got this tremendously mm-hmm. successful Shopify plus store. And they also started selling on Amazon 
and they mm-hmm. sent – I couldn't figure out why they sent out – I didn't think too hard about it, uh, but they sent out an email to everyone who was on the Shopify list that said, hey, we're running uh, an Amazon two-day sale. You can get – like here's the products you can get. They're all uh, you know, like 20% off if you order through Amazon. And I thought, yeah. that's odd. I wonder why he's doing that. <laughs> and that that was now – Hearing you say that, clearly it would be to try and ramp rapidly, um, ramp it up in the rankings and get those reviews. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a product launch to me. So, um, you know, if you if you're suddenly launching on Amazon and getting a bunch of sales right away, Amazon is going to say, "Hey, this is a great product." You know, it should be higher up in the rankings, just like any other search engine. So, you know, once you get up there, assuming you have a good product, you'll start to get good reviews, which are also so so important on Amazon. Um, and you know, I'm sure he'll probably stay somewhere up, up in the rankings with, you know, quality product like he has. So with, um, if you've got reviews on Shopify, they are helpful, but they don't necessarily make or break you. It sounds like with Amazon having many, as many great reviews as you can get as quickly as possible is actually a critical part of the success. Yes. Yeah, I would say it's as important or possibly even more important than uh, good product photography. Those are the two things. Good photos and uh, reviews, good reviews are, you know, that's the recipe for success on Amazon. And if you're able to get get both of those going, then, you know, you should be in a good place. And and it's another issue that's coming up with uh, competition lately is that um, there's more and more what appear to be kind of like sabotage negative reviews from other sellers um, so that's one thing to keep in mind on Amazon. I don't think it's, it's as big of a problem as people make it sound. Um, just because, you know, you hear one story about it and it sounds really bad and everyone gets scared, but, but yes, to answer the question, yes, the product reviews are very important. Um, you know, I, I would shoot for at least four, well, at least four stars, you know, anything below there, you're starting to get in kind of uh, dangerous territory on Amazon. So do you have any, uh, any quick pro tips on how one would go about getting encouraging and getting those good reviews? Sure. Yeah. So there are apps um, that you can use to send follow-up emails through Amazon's messaging system. So although you don't get the actual email addresses for your customers through Amazon, um, you do get a sort of scrambled um, email address that you can use to contact your, your customers through Amazon systems. So you can follow up with them and, you know, I have a short follow-up sequence that kind of checks in with the customer for customer service reasons, um, you know, make sure they're happy, this and that, let them know they can contact me at any time. Um, and then I follow up with just one email that says, hey, you know, we're a small business. Would you like to help us out? Uh, we could use or we need reviews, you know, to grow our business, something like that. You never ask for positive reviews. Um, you just ask for an honest review, you know, because Amazon is very particular about that. And and so, uh you know, you want, you want to be honest about it. For sure. Uh, Noah, you have really, you've absolutely pulled the curtain back on on using Amazon FBA. Because I've talked to a lot of people about Amazon, and I was like, I use Amazon. I'm involved in it uh, tangentially. And this has been uh, one of the more insightful episodes about it, where, like, I really am starting to feel like, okay, <laughs> I get it now. Um, so that, that is tremendously helpful. Thank you. Yes, yeah, they're they're a great partnership. They should go hand in hand. And lastly, as we we're at the the end of our time, um, and we can't send people to go learn more about you because we gotta we gotta keep everything stealth mode. <laughs> yeah. But 
Do you have any closing thoughts, something you wish every Shopify store owner would do or a piece of misinformation you'd like to correct? Sure. Yeah. And there's, there's two things I'll mention here. Um, so number one, I think if you, if you're trying to switch to Amazon, um, and you want to compete, your advantage is that you own your customer data. I know I mentioned this already, but it's, it's very important. So you should leverage that your current audience and your customer base, um, and help you make that launch happen quickly, um, and, and rise through the rankings. Um, I, I think that's the best tip I could give a Shopify owner looking to expand onto Amazon. Um, and then the other one is I'm, I'm looking for a mastermind. So if anybody out there is a Amazon seller or a Shopify seller or both, um, I'd love to connect with you. You can reach me at my email, noahdelegio at gmail.com. You better um, spell that one out. Yeah, it's uh, N-O-A-H-D-E-L-I-G-I-O at gmail.com. So shoot me an email if you'd like to connect. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah, I love mastermind groups, um, and I'm sure sure you will find some or find someone who will take you up on it. Um, yeah, I'd love to. All right. Noah, thank you. Thanks, Kurt. I appreciate it. Before we go, I wanted to tell you about our friends at Zapiet who helped make this episode possible. Have you ever wanted to offer local pickup in your store? Or how about scheduled local deliveries? Zapiet's easy-to-use app helps thousands of merchants do just that, offer store pickup and delivery to their Shopify customers right in their store. They've just launched a massive update that adds a ton of new features. To learn more about it and start your 14-day free trial and get 10% off if you stick with it, head to zapiet.com slash podcast. That's Z-A-P-I-E-T dot com slash podcast. And that's it for us today at the Unofficial Shopify Podcast. I want to hear your thoughts on this, so please join our Facebook group, the Unofficial Shopify Podcast Insiders. Come talk to us or sign up for my newsletter, kurtelster.com. Shoot me an email. Either way, you're going to get notified when a new episode goes live. And of course, if you want to work with me on your next project, you can apply ethercycle.com slash apply. And as always, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.